Hey everybody, and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 58. Joining us this week, special guest, Hunting for Games. Uh, you've been, we've podcasted before, we've done live events before. Uh, you are a friend of the show, we love your channel, putting out some of the best Final Fantasy content, totally living through them. That's the introduction I'm going to give them. Chris, what's the business so we can get this podcast paid for, and let's dive into the fun stuff. Uh, first of all, last week we had Xandri on. That was an awesome show getting to talk about 5.2. Um, we had a spoiler section after the first hour. So everybody got a full show if they didn't want spoilers. And then we got to talk about spoilers a little at the very end. Um, and then we, uh, this week, uh, Shadow PC. Guys, if you guys aren't using it, I've been playing Wilson on it. Way to go. Everybody's saying, oh, Wilson has all these frame drops. Well, I don't know what hardware Shadow PC is giving me, but it's more than good enough to keep up. So definitely feel free to use the link in the description below. Go try that out if that suits your fancy. Uh, but today, with Hunting for Games, we're going to be talking about kind of classic games, Final Fantasy XI, WoW Classic, just kind of the state of MMOs, his experience. Uh, let's Let's dive in. Uh, Hunter, what was your reaction, obviously, to uh, the Nexion report? Obviously, we get this every year. That's all the news that we've been drip-fed, Final Fantasy XI. Now, what we would call remaster or remake as opposed to mobile, but it formerly known as mobile. Walk me through your reaction. Mine was over-the-top ridiculous, so... Yeah, I, I mean, it's astounding to see... We were kind of joking about it right before we started, but I... The most amazing thing about it is that the best news that we've seen is the announcement, hey, we're still working on it. And I can't believe, I looked it up moments ago. March 2015 was when we first heard about Final Fantasy XI. That's five years ago. That's yeah. five years ago next month. And it's amazing. How um, many 14 expansions is that? That's I, almost two and a half, three. And then we go ahead. Yeah, it's, that's what's so crazy. So obviously, the it'd be the most amazing news in the world to... Uh, to get more news, Final Fantasy XI remake, mobile, anything, anything at all is is coming to our hands soon. Um, <laughs> soon. I'm starting to get. It's hard to. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that it's still on the way, even with their announcements. I mean, we've seen it on their uh, their their reports every year that it's it's still a little bullet point. Like, hey, this is still one of our projects that we're working on. Um, I hate that it's in the hands of of Nexon, Nexion, instead of Square Enix. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's glad I'm glad to see that it's being worked on. I think the weirdest, the most concerning news is they've announced obviously that in the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI, huge news is coming. It's it's incredibly large, and the fact that they're announcing it that far in advance is in itself huge news because of how budgeting works with an MMO, an aging MMO like Final Fantasy XI. That's that's actually what concerns me though, because from that like, <laughs> hey, we're working on something big. I go in my mind. Like you give me, it's a, it's been two years, and they like it's gonna be two years before this whatever they decide to finally show us. I'm sitting here going like, my expectations are gonna get so far into the like stratosphere that they're gonna be like, and you can now move around your UI. And for like the average player, like the person who's playing today, that would be a huge announcement for Brian, who's like, will it support 4K? Will it do this? Will they get rid of play online? It's like, I could keep going on and on. And I think the community has their kind of thing of what they would love to see. And it's like, at some point you're like, oh, that's, that was the big news. Like, that's my fear with that. Yeah, we got Chris. Chris is, I, for lack of a better term, never was able to convince him to play Final Fantasy XI with me. Big WoW guy. Uh, and obviously now playing WoW and WoW Classic. He's going, uh, what's the amount that you're going for? There's some challenge you've accepted. And yeah. Uh, retail put a mountain with, with Battle for Azeroth that they have since decided was probably a bad idea. Um, it has an auction house on it. There's a lot of reasons in a social game you do not want an auction house on a non-social object that can be pulled into any zone at any time and you can have access to the auction house from a farm from anywhere anywhere that you're allowed to mount you have access to the auction house um, there's a lot of reasons from a social dynamic you don't want that they are pulling it out of the game with shadowlands um, and as a game design element i think it's a terrible idea as a player i want mine before they're gone uh, so i am i am actively trying to farm up five million gold which is a preposterous amount to put that in perspective to pay for a month of wow with in-game gold it's about one hundred and fifty thousand. so five million is pretty substantial well how, and how far are you on your progress uh coming up on my first million i spent all of december and january kind of spinning up and at the time i was making like twenty thousand gold a week and now i'm making closer to like half a million a week so it's 
it's accelerating substantially. So we should probably see, and just everybody watching this, probably we'll see some guild making guides and gold making guides coming from the maker, the master here, uh, <laughs> secretly making and hoarding all of his money so that he can, uh, you know, prove <laughs> concepts that we've got and theories that we've had for a while about different games and strategies. So uh, stay tuned for that on the channel. The big news is that Nexion talks about that uh, their whole strategy is changing and they are, and 2020 is not the year for uh, Final Fantasy XI. Uh, we got to say mobile remake or something like that, just because I don't want to sit here and, you know, give false hope to uh, something that doesn't, you know, doesn't truly exist and we will have to wait and see. But we do know it's built on Unreal 4 and they've talked about how the fact that they want to bring it uh, to PC and console along with like all of their other games. And I think that's the right winning strategy. Anytime a mobile game is announced, it looks great. I go, oh, it's mobile only. And I just, I lose interest almost immediately. That's just me. I'm, I know I'm not the, uh, the majority of the market because when you look at the numbers, mobile is just crushing uh, all traditional forms of monetization and gaming together. But um, Hunter, I guess like the first question, and I want to get Chris's opinion uh, after you answer, is what are the sins that they could, they could do? Because, uh, you know, mobile carries connotations of MTX, you know, and different kind of monetization strategies. Like uh, what... What could they do to preserve that feeling that we all have in that respect? Because when you remaster something, remake something, Seven's going to have the same kind of challenge. You could ruin the thing that people cherish so much, you know. And so we had you as you, me, and Mioni. We did a podcast talking about like what we would change about Eleven. And at some point, you're like, "Is it really even still Eleven? Like, what could you change about Classic and still retain?" the you know that understanding of what classic is in this regards and this is kind of goes to wow too so that's why i want to start with you hunter and then i want to hear chris's follow-up as a classic player as well yeah i mean it's really dangerous remasters you can with the subtlest change i mean to take it out in the left field the crash bandicoot remaster was built on the framework of crash bandicoot but they subtly changed edges i think so that they were curved instead of corners and it made every jump in the game just like a little bit harder because you would slide off. And that's like the craziest subtle little change that people that love those uh, those minute detail element uh, platformers get so frustrated by. So you can ruin a game um, without even realizing that you're, you've affected it. So with a game like Final Fantasy XI, there's less risk of that, but there's so many little details like uh, when you change gear and you, you flash out of your gear for a second, that can affect how quickly you can engage in your next action. And people apply that into strategies with like fleeing, kiting. It's those little things. And without even realizing it, I'm sure every single aspect of 11 would be subtly changed and how that affects strategies and how you can approach things and whether that steals the heart and soul of the game or just makes it better is impossible to know before it ever would be released. But, you know, I think from a, an intentional what are you doing standpoint the worst things they could do are what you just brought up uh, microtransactions how do we monetize this product further outside of the general just subscription model that players are are used to and have accepted over the years as a a way that they can engage in this game and keep it running because if you introduce uh like energy mechanics where oh my gosh i i don't have beastman seals that i earn from from farming just general enemies but instead i I have to pay for Beastman Seals to try this battle. And then all of a sudden these battles that become like this right that you've earned and this fun way to uh, obtain new gear and, and items and spells becomes this thing that you pay for a chance at. And you're like, okay, $5 to do Royal Jelly today, uh, $10 if I want to try to get a Kraken Club. And that's where people start to be really critical of, of drop rates. And they're like, all of a sudden the, the Kraken Club, which was this amazing thing that almost nobody has because the drop rate is so low. If you have to pay for the chance to get that, that changes the dynamic. In infinitely. what if they just like, sold something like that to you flat <laughs> if you out? Just buy the Kraken Club. Yeah, like yeah, and that's you know I've struggled with that with modern games, um, especially MMOs, because I always loved when you could see a player, see the insane gear that they've earned, and know at least at a, a distance the trials that they went through to earn that. And if all of a sudden you introduce even a single piece of gear that uh, you can equip just by buying it that that matters it it takes away from that element like every time i walk past somebody i'll suddenly be thinking oh you you probably just bought that you didn't beat the shadow lord to to get that you just you just paid five ten bucks whatever it was and that's a it's a big problem for me in mmos especially when they over introduce elements like that because i i see that everywhere and i suddenly don't trust 
I don't. I, it, it sounds silly, but I don't trust anybody. I'm like, oh, yeah, you probably don't even play this game. You just hopped in and bought a bunch of gear and just run around in the. Well, reputation's key, especially in eleven, because eleven before fourteen introduced the us. one character. Okay. I'm getting another. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Look, at us. Look at us. Thanks, Cargos, for, for subscribing on YouTube. Uh, yay, professional. The um. But we see that as a part of the reputation that a character specifically has. Uh, you know, I, I would remember playing with somebody and being like, I absolutely need to play with them again. Oh, I've played with this guy. I'm never playing with them again. Uh, you know, you have that reputation. Oh, they're on a red mage now. Okay, no, I'm still not going to do it. Like I've, I've burnt, like the experience was so poor. It's been burned and etched into my, my mind. Chris. Uh, you know, obviously, World of Warcraft went under great pains to restore or, you know, essentially bring about WoW Classic. It's, uh, you know, it's not like it wasn't like just turn up, spin up the servers. It was right. a lot of work because of all the, the underlying change. Final Fantasy XI is coming up on 20 years. Uh, you know, so there's just, and based off of its architecture, based off of the fact that it's built off of PS2, uh, dev kits, we know that the new version's Unreal 3. This is not that. This is not what Classic did. Um, so this is in more more or less a remake. But what what would retain? Because you're not an eleven player, but like if you went into classic, would, would there be anything that just kind of ruined that experience for you from from a gameplay mechanic perspective? Uh, because I think that was what people were really after, rather than the modern uh, MMO. But I, I'm I'm curious as your thoughts. Like it's been over six months. How's classic doing? How's uh, how's WoW doing? Essentially overall. I mean, classic makes up a substantial portion of of at least um, at least part of somebody's sub. There are people playing both, and so I don't know how they're tracking who gets credit on internal metrics, um, because you know it is it's all it's all rolled into one subscription fee, uh, and and maybe that person wouldn't subscribe if they didn't have both. Maybe there's not enough in retail and not enough in classic for that person, but their powers combined are are giving that person the justification to pay monthly. But when you talk about revitalizing it, there were private servers. Mm -hmm. um, and so people thought, well, if the private server can do it, we can just flip a switch. It's not that simple. Um, to get it to run on the battle.net launcher was an undertaking. To go back and refresh old textures and stuff when they did that was an undertaking. To, to make it safe, your private server doesn't have to protect your credit card info, doesn't have to protect. It. And then if they roll back to an earlier patch, exploits that were discovered later and patched later would still be there. And so we would know about things that took place later. So you have to, without accidentally rounding the edges metaphorically, you have to implement patches that would have been implemented a year, two years, 10 years later, um, because modern modern computers are involved and players that have the ability to go search the internet and read old articles, I mean, people are blasting through these bosses. They're getting day one clears on new bosses because the strategies are known. Um, so there's there's a lot of issues with just flipping the switch and turning it on. I would say when it comes to like a designing standpoint, um, in college I had a chance to take a class on historic preservation. And when you talk about historic preservation, there's kind of two main lines of thought. And the first is to preserve it like you would see George Washington's coffee table in a museum. And it's going to be in this hermetically sealed case measured for temperature and humidity and UV light. And you're going to look at it and you're going to go, oh, a table. And, and you don't touch it. Don't get near it. Don't, don't. And just, and that's the one that WoW Classic went with. They said they, they booted up an original version on a server and they said that is canon. That they booted up the oldest running client they could, they could find. It's not the actual 1.0. It was just after. It was like 1.15, I think, is the, the oldest copy they could get running. Um, and they said, okay, that, that is the word of God and we are going to follow that to the letter. So anytime we have a design issue, we're going to go back to the manuscript and that's going to tell us how to move forward. The second line of thought in historic preservation is called intent. And so that means when that coffee table breaks down, we're going to keep using it to put coffee on. We're going to keep, you know, a book on there. It's going to sit in front of a couch. And if a table leg breaks, I'm going to go down to a local carpenter and I'm going to have them make a table leg of the same size and shape. And we're going to replace that table leg. And because it's about intent, the person who made that table didn't make it to sit in a museum. They made it to be a table and it needs to continue to function as such. Um, and so with those two lines of thought, that's how you see something like Final Fantasy VII take place, where there are mm -hmm. drastic changes to the upcoming Final Fantasy VII remake 
uh, over the original Final Fantasy VII. And the goal is to preserve intent, but not to preserve the original textures, not to preserve the original pacing, not to preserve the, the whole, the combat system. It's all going to feel, it's all going to feel touched intentionally. And they're saying, and I think the dangerous place is not picking one of those. The dangerous place, in my opinion, either one of those can have success and either one of those can have failure. But the dangerous place is, is thinking that you're, you're preserving and then you accidentally round the corners. So I really would just think that any game that wants to go out there and remaster, just tell me what the intent is. Because if you ride this middle ground, that's how you end up with a Warcraft 3 Reforged, where they went in and said, we're going to preserve it by altering it and you just don't get a product. Um, and, and you end up really hurting yourself. Uh, so that would that would be my concern with anybody undertaking the term remaster. So with Final Fantasy uh, 11, you know, R in this case, uh, you know, <laughs> code name R, it's, uh, it's originally designed for mobile, which has people concerned. Nexion has people concerned, you know, and I, I can't fault them for that. You know, like you look at track records, you can kind of infer like, okay, this is what it's going to be. We don't really know much of what it's going to be, but I'm going to sit here and ask, uh, you know, Hunter, this question essentially: Who is it for? Because originally for mobile, you know, that's going to be that's where the market has has re recently shifted uh, in, in dramatic form. You know, like gamers just clearly like the numbers just show it uh, that mobile is a massive platform, and it's good to have a presence there. Um, I haven't played any mobile MMOs. I would say, first question, have you played any mobile MMOs? I, I've certainly dabbled. Um, it was a market that I hadn't played. And my, this is going to sound darker than it is, but my lowest point where I was looking for MMOs anywhere, I was like, you know what? I haven't touched any mobile. This could be a fun way that I could play MMOs wherever I am. And essentially, I could even download an emulator on PC and then drag it to PC. Um, but I, I never last more than a few days. I, I've played from totally new IPs for a few hours where it just doesn't grab me. I've played existing IPs like uh, the Black Desert Online release. Recently, I hopped on mobile because I just heard it was graphically super impressive, which, which it was, mm -hmm. but ultimately just didn't didn't keep me uh, engaged. But but to your first question of, of who is Final Fantasy Mobile, Final Fantasy 11 Mobile 4, I, I have no idea. When it was first announced, my, my assumption, my read into it was, they were trying to take a, a successful IP, um, and when I say IP, I mean Final Fantasy XI specifically, because I was like Final Fantasy as expanded to mobile before, but take Final Fantasy XI and bring it to a player base that had never seen it. Um, the existing players, myself, uh, others that have played back from before, even more started more recently, may find something there that they enjoy, but ultimately it was to bring that player base, a new player base to Final Fantasy XI in a different format that they could now um, consume. Mm -hmm. At this point, years later, and it's conspiracy theory in me, uh, I saw the the Diablo announcement for Diablo, was it Immortal? Mm -hmm. um, and when all of a sudden it seemed like, it, there was no correlation probably, but it seemed like the Final Fantasy XI mobile news went dark. I was like, oh, they're reading into this. They see the public reaction and they're trying to, they don't want to fall into the same trap. They probably weren't even paying attention. I have no idea. But um, at this point, I have no idea what they're, what they're thinking, who they're trying to pull in. Obviously, my hope personally, selfishly, is that it's for me. Mm -hmm. It's a player that loved XI, uh, sees it aging as a, as a game just from a technology standpoint, from an interaction standpoint, simple tools like play online make even just hopping in and playing a little bit of a chore still um, and bringing it to other platforms much more difficult than it should be. The game is old enough to run on basically anything except that it can't because it wasn't coded that way. It's a 17-year-old game. It just doesn't, it's not easily portable to, to any device. It's also their it's first is it also their first one it's like there's not really this at the time back in the early 2000s like there wasn't like this like this game's going to be around for 20 years 30 years people are going to if you don't support it they're going to make their own private servers you know all of this is like you know because it, there really wasn't a like there were older like mmos but it's like that was still like the the dawning of it like okay well there is a genre here there are people hungry for these persistently world uh world games I, I think I maybe think the original plan was five years. I think I read somewhere and I can't find the data right now. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they, they said, if we, if this game lasts five years, we'll make enough money on our investment that we feel, feel good about it. And here we are 17 years later. And they're like, we're, we keep trying to shut it down, but you guys won't stop. So yeah, you guys keep playing and it's obviously not losing <laughs> well, money. Eight. It was an eight year plan. 
Yeah, eight, if you look eight. at the pacing, yeah, at at level one hundred, we will shut it down. The um, I I, I think a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of look and insight maybe came from Fortnite, in which that you could have this experience on PC, on console, on mobile, uh, where it is a cohesive experience, and maybe like you play something because I was sitting here the other day, like we've gotten here. Let me just kind of show you guys. So I got this little device for my my Xbox controller. I can take my nice little uh, Samsung phone that I use for development, mount it up. I was like, okay. So I've been using this for like, hey, shout out PC. I've been using this for GeForce Now. I've been using this for Stadia. And what's what I found is like, it's it's great because like no one's gonna be shocked. Like cloud gaming literally works for me. And one of the answers I've been giving is like, how are you playing so many games? I'm like, I just boot up a a thing and I play for a little bit. Like it's it's with me wherever I go. And it works, and it's like this is this is fantastic, but I also have a different. Ex- I, I like when I go on play fourteen. Like I was like, okay, like uh, I'll run quests, I'll run, I'll run crafting, I'll run gathering. Like I'm not gonna if I'm gonna sit down and run a dungeon. If I'm gonna do anything that's gonna be a little bit more intensive, uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on the content. So it's like, but I can still log in and I can still get things done. Um, I for whatever reason I'm able to do like Destiny and first person shooters just fine. But I was just like in Final Fantasy, I guess because of the nature of the UI and how it is set up, like maybe they, they need to do something there. It was just a little bit a little bit of a challenge, but crafting, gathering, uh, doing my, my daily quests and things like that, super easy, barely an inconvenience. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, I find like my hope is that it's, it's for everybody. My hope it's, like Chris said, from a preservation perspective, Final Fantasy XI, the story, the world, that people aren't going to sit here and say, wasn't there a numbered Final Fantasy game that, um, what happened? Like, hey, I've played every game. Now I'm at 10. All right, I finished 10. Wait, what, where's 12? You know, like, what, what, like what, what happened here? Where, what happened to 11? I'm looking around. Like, what's going on? Okay, here's where you can do it. And the fact that it was originally just kind of targeting mobile was concerning because it's like, but what if I want to play this elsewhere? And um, I'm hoping these changes, I'm hoping... With Yoshi P taking over, like I'm sure Nexion has the contract. Like as business goes, they got the bid, they got the contract. The scope has changed. So, I, but my hope is they're working closely with Square Enix in this regard. And it is a true remake that is uh, of Square Enix quality, not like a just a quick, you know, gotcha, you know, cash grab kind of game. My concern though is that as a like a player, I don't think matchmaking is the best i think it's great for quick easy convenience but i think there's definitely things that could add to 11 that would when a, a classic player would look at it me like no, no, no what do you, you t- like if they took out sub jobs like it like would that still be 11 like in your mind you mean in we, we briefly spoke about this last time but in uh in terms of how they level or as a concept entirely because uh, i think that's ans- answer it both ways like so yeah, like that that's certainly a concept or if you took away sub jobs uh, myself included, but I think a huge portion of the community is like, this is one of the things that made Final Fantasy VII's battle system so exciting, so fresh, and, and to this day so interesting was how over the course of patch updates, changes, uh, and just, you know, I, I hate to use the word, but meta adjustments of the player base, like different sub-jobs became more exciting. Now, the the downside of sub-jobs, if, if you want to see it that way, is somebody has to take time away from the job that they like to go level something else entirely, which they may hate. Um, I couldn't stand my white mage leveling experience, but I had to get it up there to 37. And when they raised the level cap, all of a sudden I was I was terrified because I was like, all my sub jobs that have been at 37 for years, I have to get them all to 49. But it's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I agree. I think that 11 certainly um, can learn a lot from 2020. I I totally side with you. I think if you make grouping too easy two button push, uh, not enough social interaction, you're going to lose some of what made the social aspect of 11 so special. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a careful line to walk. And I, I certainly don't have the answers. And it's always going to be a struggle. As soon as you take something that has a fan base that loves it so much and you say, hey, we're just going to tweak a couple things, you're going to initially anger a lot of people. Uh, whether they even know it, you don't even have to listen to the rest of the sentence. They're just going to react with that outrage regardless of what's being said uh and then hopefully over time when they announce like well hang on hang on we're just going to make it easier for you to find people that are trying to do the content you're doing 11 didn't really have they had a flag system you could update mm-hmm. and you could say like hey i, I want to do quests but that i, I don't even remember anybody using it because what what good is that you can't say like i want to do this specific quest which involves us going here and by the way i'm at this stage of the quest 
there was no way to to say that without just yeah there's no it. journal so like from a stage of a quest like dear lord so like what and this is going to be a question to chris as well but i want to get hunter's uh, first opinion would adding something like a, a party finder uh not matchmaking but just something where you can post like i am looking to do x uh and that way it can be searched and you can then be searched i think uh the my fear to kind of answer my own question is uh one of the things that people have some have a respect for is the shouting in the cities everything felt so alive because you would go to these social areas and you would broadcast that the party finder is that you're kind of like putting a thing on a board saying hey looking for anybody who's looking for this join in and then it kind of helps uh alleviate that thus getting you kind of out and about and doing things would a party finder uh would 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 that ruin what would be considered a classic mmo and then chris i want to hear your thought I personally don't think so. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity to make it easier to find a group of people because ultimately not everybody is in the city. Now, there's nothing to stop you as a player from then saying, hey, I just threw a party finder up. Let's go do Divine Might. I need 17 other people. <clears throat> and six people respond in the city that saw your shout. And then over time, you gather the other you know, 11 people from from the world at large that sees your, your party finder request. And I think a tool like that could be really useful for a game like Eleven, where there's so such a breadth of content that you can approach that you need a group for, but at the same time, it's it's difficult to find that group under normal methods. Um, so I I think personally, it's a great idea. I have been wrong before, where I'm like, this is a perfect. I'm so glad they're implementing this. And then as soon as they do, I'm like, wow, that destroyed the game that I love. But I would I would love to see something like that. I think it would really help. <clears throat> now, would it help Modern Eleven in the the way that it's uh, currently approaching content, I, and probably not too much, but the classic 11 and the style that I remember from the mid 2000s, definitely, I think it would be very helpful. Chris. I think it comes back to your earlier question. Um, who's this for? So, you know, when when you look at Final Fantasy 11, um, there's really not a clear path of where it goes from here. It's, right. it's all speculation based on announcements and there can be months, if not years between announcements and clarification. So the the logical thing in the room is to look at say, who else has has something similar and has had similar choices they've had to make. And so that's why Square and Blizzard get so often compared in these games because they're, they're charting a path through the same waters. And Diablo, Immortal was a big reveal for how a community, not necessarily any community specifically, can respond to an announcement like this. And the question is, why do they do it? Now, the obvious answer that that just ends the conversation is they did it for the money because the majority of money and the majority of users both lie in mobile and in microtransactions now. And so that's 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 the answer that ends the conversation. But if we dig a little deeper and we assume for a moment but what if they didn't? What if somebody who really liked Diablo thought this was a good idea? What could have been going through that person's mind that would have resulted in that thought? And the answer is that Diablo is an established franchise. It's been around decades. And when you talk about something that's been around 20 years, the way we interact with games has changed more than just the way people in general. Because yes, 15-year-old me versus a 15-year-old today is a little bit different. They have access to more hardware, more internet speed, more titles coming out every year. But at the end of the day, there's somebody who, hey, it's summer, I can wake up, I can do my chores, and then I can play games for hours on end. And really, the way I interact with games is more bound by the same issues that were plaguing people in their 30s back then, is I don't have time. So if I get home and there's a 30 gig update, or if I have a long day at the office, or if I have a layover in an airport, I don't have access to this stuff. So they thought, how do we bring Diablo to that demographic? How do we bring Diablo to people who are on the go and they want that trip down memory lane that can kind of let them continue to live that experience? And mobile is an obvious answer to that question. It makes sense on its own, implementation aside, it makes sense. And the fact that it happens to also generate money and happens to also reach billions of users instead of millions is just a bonus. But on its own, for the core of the game, mobile sounds on paper like a really good thing. And it comes down to implementation where the community's frustrations come with it, right? Where you start to feel like, oh, I have to buy that club or I have to buy chances at that club. And that's where we start to get frustrated. And this is, a, I played mobile games because there are times that traditional games don't fit for me. It's why I'm so excited about potential games always coming to the Switch because the Switch is that kind of transfer point from mobile 
to traditional consoles for me. Um, I've played mobile MMOs. Absolutely. They have a different place in my life than Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft, which I have a subscription to both. Um, and I think there's three reasons that people go back and play an old game like that. And that kind of clues you in on whether or not you should be adding features. The first is nostalgia, in which case, leave it alone. They just want to trip down memory lane. Yeah. Just leave it alone. The second is they missed out the first time, in which case you need to evaluate, does that feature change the new player experience? Because what we see with Final Fantasy 14, for example, is 400 hours to get to current end game is not okay. Now, if you played in 2.0 when it was new, them adding a couple hours worth of MSQ every three months was no big deal. And so people that have been playing continually, maybe a couple of breaks are like, I don't get what the problem is, but that's because you and me have never had to do the 400 hour grind. <laughs> um, so I would question, does that feature kind of make it to where people are able to engage in the content more in the way it was intended and not so literally. And then the last is, is the game just iconically fun? When you look back at like Mario games, for example, they just hold up. Going back, it doesn't have to be a trip down nostalgia for you. It doesn't have to be that you've heard a ton about it and you feel like you missed out and there's this rare opportunity to go back and experience something. You can just pick it up and it's just fun for the same reasons it was fun back then. It's just good gameplay. Um, and if that's the case, anything that adds to that, I think is a good thing. And that's where you start to talk about like, is duty finder versus party finder is one of those good because duty finder makes players anonymous. It breaks down social structure and trade for convenience. Party finder simply makes it easier to seek out players, but it doesn't do it for you. Um, and so there's multiple steps within any feature from just leaving it as here's a flag system that doesn't work to here's a message board that can be seen from anywhere to we'll do it for you. But if you don't like that person, you can just toss them out and another anonymous stranger will be fed to you instantly. So what about something like, like party finder? Yeah. I don't think it would break the system. But what about something like changing the uh, the number of players in the party? Like what I'm trying to get at is that how do you retain how do you retain that that feel of what it what it means for new and old players coming in? You know, um, something like that changing the battle system would be dramatic, in my in my opinion. You know, like how do you preserve that? How do we keep that with the intent going back into the intent of what the table is designed to do? what the game is designed to do. It's in designed to encourage play. So the question would be is that would, if they launched the game with the trust system, like, and this is to Hunter first, does the, hunt, the trust system exist today, but it exists out of a necessity as opposed to how it was like originally intended that we were intended to play together. But the trust system, it it's easy to kick out a bot. Like we do it. We did it in call of duty all the time. We do it all the time. Like when a friend comes online kick out the bot like like the bot's just here to kind of somewhat try to provide some kind of value so you don't you're not sitting around waiting and shouting and party finding and not able to do stuff so would the if uh if the final fantasy 11 r launched with the trust system does that violate that 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 intent does that violate the classicness of it and you know i'm curious yeah i think uh ultimately a lot of what chris has been saying really defines the answer to that one who, who's it for? Who's this going to upset? Who's going to make happy? From my perspective, I don't think the trust system inherently is a bad idea. Back in 2007 or something, they introduced the uh, the fellow fellow quest, and you could uh, you could earn an NPC that you could summon for a certain length of time, level them up, and uh, have them out with some criteria almost whenever you wanted. Um, it was a flawed system. They were almost as hard to level up as, as you were, but you couldn't have them out all the time. So you couldn't grind through them the way that you might grind for four hours in an afternoon, six hours. So they were tough to level. Uh, they weren't as strong as a player in, in many ways. Um, and they were just difficult. The trust, on the other hand, are on the way opposite spectrum. You can summon five of them at a time. They're in many cases throughout the levels much stronger than a standard player. They get access to abilities before they should. Uh, you obviously don't have to keep them geared, and they just kind of hammer out the damage, and they do things instantly because they're a bot. They, they'll cure your your paralyze and, and other status effects before notice that it had happened. Um, and that's where I think you'd have to balance that system a little bit if, if you... Uh, and I hope I'm still here because he's an internet connection up, unstable popping up, but you'd have to, to balance that significantly. I, I love the idea of you as the player being allowed to have maybe one 
maybe two trusts to fill a specific niche role and then still requiring that six person party for you to have at least two other uh, real players to really engage in what, what you're thinking of trying. Or if you only have two, you don't have a full party and that's okay. But the issue we had back in the day was support jobs were king. Uh, obviously, healing, tanking, also very important. You could usually quickly get a party because they were so desired. But if you were a bard or red mage and could refresh, dispel, uh, enhance attack accuracy, attack speed, those kind of functionalities at a certain level, and it was around 40, would would become critical. You, you wouldn't even party without them. So it, it just became this point where people would go to build this party. You'd have five players, the perfect party makeup, and you cannot find that sixth. And I think if in that case, if you could summon a trust that could fill that role, maybe not as as well as a uh, as a true player, and that that's okay. But anything that just gets you rolling while you look for that sixth is a great idea. And people were line there were literal lines in the game for that fellow pro. Uh, quest when when it first came out and it was amazing because everyone was so excited about the concept and it was just the implementation that people disagreed with but Mm -hmm. i think i don't think you'd see a lot of people arguing if you could summon a single trust to fill a role that's missing in a party that it would make that grouping experience more enjoyable overall but then again people on the internet love to to be upset about things so maybe maybe not maybe that ruins the the social aspect of what 11 intended chris like 14 obviously introduced the trust system with the latest uh update but it's obviously fundamentally different because uh you know it doesn't allow for mix and match i i love mix and match because if the trust system in 14 allowed for it i would that, that actually would excite me but uh what what are your thoughts on this like when it comes especially to would classic benefit from that kind of system or would it ruin the experience well so it depends on the experience so yeah. let's compare 14 to um to classic specifically uh since i haven't played 11. so 14 is a narrative based experience and so there comes points in the game where you're required to run a certain dungeon that people don't want to run my dogs decided sitting on my microphone's good um <laughs> is uh sitting so so you you literally get bound up by this quest right and it's meant to be enjoyed some of these raids and dungeons have cutscenes in them that are are long very long and so existing players don't want to sit through those they've seen them before or they didn't care in the first place and that's just not that's not fair to drag them through but it's not fair to say that new players don't deserve to get over that hump and so trusts are a perfect solution to that now go to wow classic there was no cohesive story in wow classic You had to play Warcraft 3 to get aspect to lore. There's now been since like books that have explored the lore. There's a movie that explores the lore. But the game itself, back when it was told in Classic, didn't explore the lore. It wasn't until Lich King that we had a cohesive story being told over multiple zones to unify an expansion. That was something they grew into. Now with Cataclysm, they went back and retold those zones. And those zones have much more unifying themes now. So leveling through Classic zones in retail is very different than going back and playing classic which is just rebuilt vanilla Mm -hmm. um so trusts don't really belong there in my opinion because the the purpose was to explore the world the purpose was there to enjoy the combat system and the challenge and the the defining moments are not i remember when this cutscene happened i remember when we defeated so and so their defining moments are remember when that quest said required three players and you and i soloed it and we had to kite that guy back and forth between those trees for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then we had those guys spawn on us and kill us when he was at one percent oh my gosh that was terrible and like <laughs> that's the story you tell yeah. And so trusts don't allow for that. Trusts don't allow for that moment where you had to take that guy on that dungeon run who was garbage and like said, hey, I don't have the gear and I'm under leveled, but can I come? And you're like, I guess. And then you're like, wow, that turned out so poorly. Like, and and so much of classic when you played through the first time through vanilla and when I went back and played in classic was these defining moments of failure and so I, I think that that failure and that reliant, reliance on strangers, I found myself as I leveled through, I would keep coming across the same character names on my server and we would help each other with quests. And like, if you do that long enough, that's how friendships form. That's how you have relationships with people in other guilds. And if I just had trusts, I'd be like, yeah, you do your thing, I'll do mine. Um, so because Classic is such a social experience, uh, the downside of that is that means once the interest is gone, that content dies. Uh, so 
if you choose to protect the social fabric by not putting in the trust system, you are admitting that this game either has to have critical mass of population in whatever type of content requires multiple players, or it has to just die. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a risk that a developer wants to take. The safe bet is put the trust in regardless of the content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if it's uh, something that's core uh, to the game, I think one of the uh, my hopes for the future, especially MMOs and AI technology evolves, is that you're taking the the trust, but the trust is just a representation of Hunter or Chris. Like if you're held up at work and you can't get off work, it's like, well, I can just take your just like I can in four like race against you in Forza Horizon Four and the you know Forza series like with the drive avatar concept. And there's a benefit for doing that. Fantasy Star Online Two does something similar. Like you, if you have friends, and they're not online, you can take them on these missions. But the AI obviously performs not as well. So when Hunter, hey, I, I'm here, guys. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, you were like, great, your bot sucks. But it was still, there's still that weird representation that you're there uh, as a part of that team. And then you've actually benefited because of our social construct, just because I can't get on tonight because, oh, family obligations. That's the reality that MMOs have also transitioned when we all had free time, no family obligations. And our parents were telling us to go get jobs or get out of the house, stop playing these games for hours on end. Now it's like, okay, well, I'm, I did that mom and dad. Now uh, I, I I don't have time to play <laughs> these games that I love so much. And so, Chris, you have a thought. It looks like you have a thought boiling up in your mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I think tech could change this conversation. Right now we're, we're viewing everything as binary, right? You've either got AI or you don't. But it, that halfway step is incredibly intriguing depending on how it's implemented. So, like, Drivatars is a great example of, like, like, your brother will slam his car into some people. Yeah. And like, if his drive avatar can inherit that per that personality, then I can have that frustration. Um, yeah. It's not I've called there Brandon yet. Up and be like, dude, you suck. <laughs> his, his personality, it, they do learn a little bit of personality. So the drive avatars do, they at least appear to imitate personality. Maybe that's, maybe it's just coincidence. Um, but I will say so far, the problem is that they're still bound by like, if your friend's level 15, it'll just scale them up to 50 and give them gear. And like, it's, I, I wish they would kind of remove that because he had some awesome card and was beating the crap out of me in like two or three races. And I called him and I said, Brandon, how do I get that car you have? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Oh, it looked like this. And it was driving like this. And he's like, I don't have a car like that. And so it had just fed him some vehicle that I could go unlock through some other method instead of feeding him. He does have a vehicle qualified for those type races that he likes to drive. So it's not in like the absence of data. They should have taken his data and plugged it in. And if they need to scale his car up, upgrade it. But like they should have put his car in so that the way it corners, the way it accelerates better imitates um, him. And so that when he hops in, I'm like, oh, there's that truck I've been seeing or there's yeah, exactly. that. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like what if I was able to level up Hunter? Like Hunter, would that be would that bother you? So you're sitting here and you're like, Dad Gummit, I really don't want to level up my my white mage sub. Brian, you know, like you're you're working from home. If you get online, would you just take me with you and <laughs> you know, and then I could be like, Yeah, there's a there's a gill fee, you know, for hour for a level. Uh, you know, you're people, people still do that. You'll they see Sean saying, I'll, I'll level you for a little while. Yeah, that, I was thinking about that as soon as you said that, because I, I love the idea of being able to pull in a friend. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's like if two people both have a, a red mage friend, they're like, well, hang on, mine, mine's better. It's like, I don't think so. Mine, mine's better. But that is the biggest question is when you pull them in, are, are they gaining experience? Because I know for me, leveling is one of my favorite parts of 11. And if I came back, sure, there are parts that I'd like to skip and jobs that yeah. I didn't like as much. But as a fundamental, I would never be able to say no because there's such a grind. But I, I would have, to, I would hate the process because I'd come back and I'd be done. I, would I think you earn rested experience. That'd be <laughs> neat. You earn like a bonus to future to future things you choose that you actively that take part in. They, they bon yeah, it helps you in future endeavors. Um, can you imagine you come back and people loved your one support job, your one tank so much that you've got like a full, the whole leveling experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. rested XP because they've used yeah. it. So it's gone back. I now have five X experience for the remainder of my levels. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, I, I love the idea of the concept, but yeah, that is a dicey issue because I feel mm -hmm. like for me, if you give me the option, I have no willpower. I will accept it. I'll be like, great, please help me level, especially <laughs> things like white major jobs that I don't really want to touch. Um, sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as it happened, I I would be so disappointed. It's like that movie, what's the movie? Click with uh, yeah. 
Adam Sandler. Where I'm like, yeah, I want to skip through this. It's like my whole life's gone. I've missed the whole game. But um, I, what yeah. if I mean, and then the way they could do it is like as you play through dungeons, you get like raided in those dungeons. So like maybe a dungeon you haven't gotten to, it just assumes like, okay, your general rate is a pass rate. We're going to, you know, you generally play at 75% of the best player. So we're going to, we're going to knock you down to 70 because you haven't cleared it. And as soon as you clear it, it's like, dude, you want to bring my red mage in Sestasha. Like I have a 99% on Sestasha. So anytime you're running Sestasha, like I am the red mage for you. I have performed at near perfection. Um, that way you're getting like the best bot. That's an interesting idea. Cause what if it wasn't based on your skill, but how much people have taught your bot? See, so I think like the I think the bot would have to be learned oh, by you, not by your by by is teaching. It based on your skill level, or I think it gets that's what better well, than I you. think it's based on the player. <laughs> yeah. I think you're still like, I don't know. Like, my brother-in-law's never played WoW, and like that's great that he's got a level thirty hunter, but he's still garbage at this game. Like, he's always been more of a Star Wars guy, and like he just isn't good at this. And when I bring his hunter, it just like he misfired into a whole nother set of guys i'd yeah, love to, i'd love to know like uh Rogue kind of like chad and also in the comments like later so if you're listening to this on youtube or whatever uh if we if you have an opinion on on this i'd love to hear because it it's a really curious mind exercise uh i definitely side with chris it's that like there should be some form of reward to where because like in pso2 they handle it by giving you what's called fun points you use those fun points to unlock features in the game that if you're not subscribed so it's like they give you the way to enjoy the game from a premium perspective because it's an optional sub you know because theirs is a free-to-play mmo and they have this system called fun points and they use that to kind of say yeah so if you're teaming up with people you're you're constantly earning this this other currency in which that you can earn and so that way it'd be like you come back on your line and you're like yes you know oh thanks but it's not like they leveled you etc they were just kind of benefiting from you my my, my theory would be it would be so epic if when you log in, you're right there with me. You know, it's like, you know, you could only, uh, they would have to limit it so that we both couldn't take. So Chris couldn't take you. I couldn't take you. Uh, you know, it's like only one of us could like partner up with Hunter, like at one point in time. And so it's like, okay, but you come back online, all of a sudden you sign in, you're like, oh, I'm out. I'm here. I, I guess it'd be annoying if you, you agree to that. Yeah. What if you, you ha you'd have into to the worst dungeon and you're like, oh, oh no it's 4 30 this is not what i wanted to do right today. like if you're like especially if you log out and you're like all right i'm gonna pick up tomorrow from here uh, i guess maybe giving you the option to choose to, uh, yeah. like to log in right where you left off versus like hey brian's out there with your with your bot right now do you want to just take over <laughs> and all of a sudden you jump in your like kind of quantum leap and you're like where am i and you're like you take off and run in a different direction and i was like no what happened <laughs> that wasn't supposed to go that way uh, the, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Like when, um, with 14, you know, it uses the all or nothing method. And I, I just, I really wish that they had a kind of a hybrid, uh, kind of approach. And I think that with, um, with the future, when we look at these sandbox style games, games that we want to say, we want you to team up with, a, with a person. Um, when it talks about getting new players into it, it can be very intimidating to anybody who's never, because like one of the things on the comments for the console video was like, I've never played 11. Um, okay, so I got. Uh, I'm gonna pivot on the question here a bit. Uh, Chris has talked about WoW Classic and WoW uh, being one subscription. You know, so the player has a lot of that option to go along with it. Uh, is that something that would drive like uh, you as a as a as a player to s say goodbye to to private servers? Like, how would they get the current base to migrate off of the old code uh, without just saying like here, you know, here's that as an option. Uh, in that regards, as a part of some shared subscription, you like, mean moving people, so moving people off the the retail game that's playing now or to remake, like to to migrate, like private server, like I think that's going to be that code base. But at some point, like you got to sit here and say, please go here. Yeah, <laughs> for me, um, having an official version of that would basically be all all that I need. Um, unless it is totally removed from what I remember as, as Final Fantasy XI Classic, if, if that's what we want to call it. I I would totally support Square Enix's attempt to provide me with that experience. Um, the reason that I play private servers when I do is because that experience doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because a lot of people that are out there say, like, retail's there, why don't you just play that? It's hard to explain how, how different the experience is and it's basically an entirely different game at this point. Um, so I, I would love to see to see that shared subscription model. Um, it, it's interesting. I think that worked really well for 
for World of Warcraft, and I, I think it would work for Final Fantasy XI as well, because there are plenty of players who love retail in its current form, uh, and I'm one of them. I, I certainly have played it for, for years and years in the state that it's in, and have really enjoyed it. And that's a to its credit, I don't I don't want that to go away, and for players that want to play that way to lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that shared subscription model is interesting. Now, a lot of people I've talked to have also complained that the subscription itself is the reason they're not playing 11 right now and they just they don't think it's worth the the money at the current state so would a remake a remaster be enough for them to jump in maybe if it's like enhanced hd graphics new uh new ui things that bothered them but if it's just a, a classic release where it's the original game again with no updates um visually in- interactively that might not be enough to to pull them in with uh with their wallet so i which i i understand i i get where they're coming from for me it'd be it'd be plenty i but i'm already subscribed so i guess i'm not really the the person to ask because i'm i would keep my subscription engaged chris like is that something that you would think would overall benefit um that because when we were talking pre-show and because you were like i don't i've never played 11 it's like a lot of people seem to ask for 14 1.0 as the classic and I said that's not the the classic. Eleven would be, no, my, in my yeah. comparison, from classic to to that. It's not a obviously a one to one, but that's how I visualize right. it. I went from eleven to fourteen. Fourteen is that story driven narrative experience. Eleven's the sandbox uh, experience, very social, you know, um, you know, social club in that regard. So there's a lot of features that I'd love to see uh, in fourteen from eleven, uh, just that are really driven into that, what makes an MMO an MMO in my mind. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, from a timeline perspective to compare 11 and 14 and WoW, you would kind of have to say that 11 is your vanilla Burning Crusade Lich King, Mm -hmm. right? And so you've seen a giant transformation over what feels like a lot of content covered. Um, So vanilla was very different than Lich King. And then imagine Cataclysm, the game was offline while they did all that rebuilding mm-hmm. and then it came back up and that's kind of your 2.0 and yeah. 1.0 was this weird failure in between uh, where there were aspects that people loved because it was coming off of something really great but because they were going through so many technical hurdles it so we kind of have to just remove cataclysm altogether and now we just pick up where everybody left off in pandaria and so there's a bunch of us playing pandaria forward and then there's there's a group of people playing lich king and back um and so to relaunch that is is really taking you back to an area that like wow players have like i can go teleport back to those zones 14 players can't like it's it's very different it's a totally different game um i think that it's not just about the money for me like if 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 i think if i told you i would play 11 if somebody paid my sub i think you would have paid my sub years ago i don't think that's that's the issue i think you paid your bro i can't imagine how many years of subscription to mmos you paid on behalf of your brother just to see if he'd play and be like hey your login's working please <laughs> like oh, so that's, the, that's, the, that's my like, true, that's my true jealousy of uh, uh, of ninja and uh, invictus like the like those two guys because it's like their brothers like they're playing and i'm sitting here paying for my brother's sub like just log in with me man yeah let's yeah. go do we'll duo we'll kill monsters it'll be great and he's just like he's off playing the sims online right and my brothers are gonna join me in uh Wilson this week and it's going to be the three of us and so that's something How that i have a Wilson that, that party. sorry four okay. four you know diablo 2 had eight technologies advanced therefore all arpgs are four now uh it's neither here nor there uh so i think when you talk about like does the sub lump in um i think what's neat about wow classic being under retail sub is there's a lot of people that played retail who never played classic that said i'm not gonna play that i'm not gonna play that and then it took off and then they said well i mean it's free and it's already in my launcher and it's like a six meg download so i clicked it and it said ready <laughs> like because <laughs> because it's the original texture pile so yeah. so file so you, you click it and it's like ready and it's like needs updates and you click updates and it's like done you're like okay cool thanks for putting that floppy on my computer i guess uh so i think that in my mind the question would be to go bigger 
And there's probably people I'm pissing off and, and people I'm stepping on. And I don't know enough to really say this is a good idea or not. But why is 11 and 14 not one sub? Are they making so much money off 11 that they can't just merge those in? And then and then toss R on top because that's what tells me it's not just about the money. It's also about like if in every time I boot up my launcher, it says, hey, 14 is down for 24-hour maintenance. Oh. Would you like to play 11? All right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would. Sure. Um, so why is that? Maybe you guys can answer why those aren't one sub. There now. they were. There was. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume it's money, because at one point when fourteen, I don't remember if it was when it initially launched, they were trying to pull people over, or uh, Rome were born and they were trying to pull people over. If you were, Thursday. if you had like that, you got your, you got your special shoes, then increase your movement speed. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, you know, and it's like, yeah, you did. And then, oh, and I, I still have them. tiny red slippers and they, and they, they reduce your sprint cooldown now. So it's like you, you, they like, it's like, it is legit. Like, Oh, people be livid. It is like if 1.0 players had a re reduced sprint cooldown. I do have a reduced. Be, I do in, more. in PVP. Like anytime they're equipped, I would, I would, I have never tested it in PVP, but you don't have sprint in PVP. So that's how I think how they got around it. They have something called bolt. So it's a whole different ability. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are sprint <laughs> shoes, not bolt shoes. These are bolt shoes. What are you thinking? <laughs> Get out of here with these bolt shoes over here. The, uh, I, wish I, I wish I'd gotten in on that double subscription price. Cause I think some people are still grandfathered in. They might've removed it. No, no, it was only, and it was only for like a three month period. So that's yeah, then when the game went free to play. Until they were like, until they came up with their plan and saying, "Here's what it is," and then became legacy. So it's like it is a small, small part of the population. That's back when gear had traits like that. It's like, man, you know, WoW sent trophies out to people like you, Brian. Yeah. Well, so when they hit ten years, people who hadn't missed a single month of sub got got stuff mailed to their homes. Yeah. And like, I know people who like they missed like one month and they don't get one. Yeah. And they're like, I missed one month because like I changed jobs and it had credit the wrong card credit card I've and it lapsed. Yeah. And so they're like, I missed one month or or I was on a shared account with a sibling and I moved to my own account. So like I have been subbed this whole time, just not under yeah. one one exactly. account. Um, but yeah, for the people that it worked out for, it's really cool. They got sent like a big thank you on the 10 year. I see, I see Stadia tweeting out or whatever, sending like thank you cards to like people. I'm like, what the, <laughs> how do I get on this train? Just, Where's my I, like, thank you? Just a thank you card. Like, I know I haven't been like extremely positive on the service, but I use it because it, like, <laughs> <laughs> why Final Fantasy is dying. I can't believe they haven't flown me out to beta test their new game. I don't know what's going uh. on. <laughs> good times hunter where can people find you is there anything else that you want to add uh to the final fantasy 11 conversation here no just uh ex excited to, to see where all the news goes with with the new release whatever whatever that means uh you can find me on on twitter instagram and, and youtube on hunt for games and uh, twitch as well say also hunt for games we stream every tuesday and thursday at a uh, six or seven p.m eastern standard time might be might be seven p.m for the next couple months until we move but uh over yeah. on uh, over on YouTube, we'll tag his uh, his channel. The YouTube added a new feature, so once you're over a thousand subs, you can you can at and you can tag the channel name, so you can guys can click that. You can go check out his channel, and all his links will be over there on his channel as well. Makes it easy for me because it's like we've been spending all this time. Like, no man, if you're over a thousand, just at you, boom, uh, linked. Uh, that's fantastic, Chris. What are you working on? And uh, obviously, you said you're going to be playing some Walson. I've got Walson. I should join you and your brothers because I've I, I like the game. Uh, you know, I so. have cleared Act One. Um, the Act One final boss is probably the single hardest boss I've ever played in a normal difficulty of an ARPG. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be like ten levels higher than when I cleared it. It is dead. Um, many alternative universes of me are also dead but it is it is down and it has moved on and next time i go back i'll be much more powerful and i'll laugh at it um so i'm working on that tim tim guides are coming out we got like a whole series of them coming out in a row it's like five or eight or something silly um so those are running out as they announce updates uh and then speaking of a thousand subs i think work to play is coming up on number 500 number 500 uh, so we are we are getting there trying to get that up over a thousand so we can at least add ourselves and it has all sorts of features on the back end so if you guys could go sub over there that's where we put all our live content so you can put the bell on our videos and not on our live or whatever so 
you can have a little more control over the YouTube filters than it actually offers. Um, next week we have DM21. Last week we had Xandri. Uh, last week was awesome, and I'm sure next week will be as well. And then Brian and I were invited to be on Boomstick Gaming's podcast this week, which was a ton of fun. So if you want to go see our faces over somewhere else, I believe we were the only people with face cams consistently on. So yeah. literally, if you want to see our faces, um, everybody else was being podcasters, and we were like, oh, we're YouTubers. I always <laughs> use a webcam. Uh, so we dragged our faces onto somebody else's podcast. Talking about the Xbox announcements and PlayStation 5, it was a really... <clears throat> Uh, a really uh, big show, a lot of a lot of turnout. So it was exciting to see seven everybody. Of us. Yeah, so and then also there was like over six hundred, like fifty people watching live. So it was just, it was epic. Um, so yeah, and then as, if you guys have made it this far into the podcast, uh, obviously just uh, let us know uh, by using the term pineapple pizza in the comments below. Use it you in a sentence. <laughs> take it further yeah use it, it in a sentence so you can say whether you like uh, pineapple should be on pizza or pineapple should not be on pizza we want to know your thoughts about pineapple pizza uh, in the comments below and that is a thank you from us for sticking with us in the show uh, for as long as it runs in this case an hour uh, sometimes we go a little over but I know Chris has got uh, some appointments I've got some appointments uh, we got chat sounding off with uh, pineapple pizza thank you chat um, but we'll wrap up in our traditional way uh, in this case for work to game my name is Brian my name's Chris this is Hunter yes it is thank you so much for watching I hope you guys have a fantastic day and we'll see you next time take care <laughs>